Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm so glad you carved out some time to listen, and if you like this episode, or any of them for that matter, please share the show. Our ultimate goal here at Blue Mountain Ministries is to get the Word of God out to all that we can by bringing it through hope and practical teaching you can use in your daily life. I want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way before we get started. If you'd like, you can follow us on Instagram at Pastor James Melody, on Facebook at Blue Mountain Ministries, and on YouTube at Blue Mountain Ministries. And check us out on the ministry homepage as well at bluemountainmen.net. And by the way, if you're ever in Front Royal and want to come join us for service, currently right now in the winter months, we're having service on Sundays at 3 p.m. at the Shenandoah Farms Community Building. And if you need directions or have questions, shoot us an email or hit us up in Facebook Messenger. All the details will be in the show. Hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm here today. Uh, I have a new guest with me today. It's Pastor James here with you guys, as, as if you don't know from the intro. But I have with me today uh, my youngest. I have Mary with me. Can you say hi? Hi. So she's joining today. We're going to try to branch out a little bit to get the whole family involved. I know the whole goal of our podcast is to, you know, make it so it's accessible, uh, God's Word's accessible for everybody, not just for people who go to church and those quote-unquote religious folks, um, even though we're not religious folks, we're just believers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, actually, it was really cool. Um, we didn't get to have our church service today because the building we're renting um, had a conflict of interest, and we were notified late. So, our children did a church service at home for us, and it was super awesome. They did everything from worship to uh, offering message and then a uh, opening prayer. They did a, uh, Mary delivered the word today. It was it, it was super awesome to see these little ones uh, doing their thing. It was our three youngest. It was Tristan, Joe, and Mary um, who were uh, holding down the fort today. And it was super cool to watch um, and be a part of. You know, it really it was inspiring. So we wanted to get on here today and do a podcast. And this is Mary's first time, so I think she was a little nervous. So just to let you guys know. So if you hear her giggling, that's why. But Mary, today I want to I want to talk. Uh, and somebody we've talked about, you've heard about this guy in the Bible named Moses, right? Yeah. Yeah, Moses was pretty pretty important, right? Yeah. So I want to talk to you guys. It's 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 a topic I've ta- uh, well I've, I've talked about Moses a lot in our ministry, and he's a uh, super important in the faith because he is he was uh, truly God's instrument in delivering the people of Israel out of Egypt, and what we don't understand or a lot of people don't learn about rather than understand is that Moses went through his fair share of trials and he actually, I mean, there was a time where he was depressed and he was just out in the middle of the desert. You know, this was before leading the Israelites out of Egypt and it was just kind of a a tough time for him. So I'm going to, I want to talk to you guys real quick about uh, the passages in Exodus four verses one through five. It says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? Moses replied, A staff. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, 
the God of their fathers has appeared to you. So you're probably wondering, Pastor James, how in the world is this even apply to me? Am I going to have a stick in my hand I'm going to throw on the ground it's going to turn into a snake? Is that kind of what you're wondering? Seems kind of weird, right? This is where I'm getting, okay? So what we're seeing at this part is where Moses was at Mount Hebron, okay? And he's out in the desert, in the hot desert. He's tending sheep. He's out. He has segregated himself out from everybody because he's run away from what he did when he was a prince of Egypt. He ended up killing an Egyptian because he saw him uh, beating an, an Israelite. And so he killed him and, and buried him, and then he ran. And he's been hiding in the desert now for 40 years, okay? So God told him, said, I'm going to use you to get my people out of Egypt, right? And Moses was like, no, dude, not me. This is, I'm not the one, okay? But you see, this is where it comes in, and this is where it's important for us in our daily lives. You see, in spite of God's blessings on us, we have a tendency not to trust him completely, okay? You know, how he accomplishes his plans for us, his plans for our lives, even the plans for our ministry, it's often a mystery to us, and we don't understand that because there's uncertainty. Because we don't know. We don't see the whole picture, right? We become weak, and we fail to trust in his promises at times. And, of course, this is where what Moses' dilemma is, right? He, he knows that there's a God, okay? Because he knows his lineage. He knows that he is a child of God. But he doubts because we're human, and that's what we do. We're, we're dumb like that, right? We, we just sit there, and we just think, how in the world can he use me? I mean, look at me for prime example, okay? I, I didn't even believe in God up until my early 20s. Um, I didn't think there was a God. I, 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 I was a non-believer. Um, and then God came in and radically changed my life. And, and for the last 20 plus years, you know, I've really seen God, God's hand at work in my life. Even though there have been some really, really down times that I've had, our family have had. I mean, we've, we've, been, we've been in some really, really, really tough times. But, you know, God has seen us through it all. You know, he, he ha he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's never run away from us and hidden his face from us. Okay? But we just don't see that because we don't see the big picture. We're not as smart as he is, right? So, think of it this way. Moses was a, an Egyptian prince for 40 years. He was, like, super important. He was, like, third in line for the throne, okay? And then, after he did what he did, he ran away and he spent 40 years being a no one. He was just a shepherd in the desert. He tended sheep. He hung out on the backside of this desert, right? And he learned by hard experience that God would be his everything. He was a man alone, and he was in a barren place. Have you ever been to a desert, Mary? You've no. never seen a desert. Deserts are somewhere it's 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 hot. It's it's the, there's nowhere there's no shade. Um, there's you know there's animals there's there's snakes and scorpions and just. Things that you don't want to be around, right? And it's just not a very welcoming place. And in this passage in Exodus, Moses is standing right at the edge of Mount Horeb. I'm sorry, I said Hebron earlier. It's Mount Horeb, where he would later lead the people of Israel, Israel and 200,000 of them would worship at that mountain. Pretty amazing to think. When he was a lone guy there, right? And it would all come full circle and he would come back to that place. He didn't know that at this point... Um, but he, did, he only knew about the hot sun, uh, uh, the blazing sand, and, and dry throat. He was thirsty, right? 
he had failed. He had failed when he was a prince of Egypt because he had he had killed somebody. And see, that's where we. This is where this is where we're getting to where it it affects us, right? So failure leads to discouragement and leads to doubting yourself. When when I fail, there you know I I apologize to the kids today because I haven't been I haven't been the best dad that I could have been, you know, because I've been I I just have been grumpy and moody and it, it's not right and and I get stuck in a cycle sometimes just like most of us do all of us do at, at times where we start doubting ourselves we're doubting well is this really what i'm meant to do is this what god has called me to do am i supposed to be a pastor am i supposed to have done this ministry i mean there's so many things that run through our minds as not only parents but as as just believers that we feel like we're not good enough and, and this is where moses was we're just like moses and see this is where the the, uh, the deceiver, the devil, tries to keep us stuck in our weakness, right? He reminds us of our pasts when we ought to remind, when we should remind him of his future. His future is that we win. He doesn't have a future, okay? We do have a future in heaven, right? In the eternal kingdom that God God's going to deliver to us, right, Mayor? Yeah. I mean, do you ever sense that in your most sincere efforts to be close to God, your sins, your mistakes, and your regrets flood your minds? Do you ever lay there at night and you're going over your day and there might be one thing, let's say like when you were at, a day when you're at school, do you ever have days where something happens and you just feel cruddy about something that you said to somebody or yeah. you did? Do you ever have? I've had that before. Yeah. And it makes you feel kind of like bad, right? It makes you feel that, man, well, I shouldn't have done that. And, and that's when that's when the devil comes in and tries to like mess with your mind and make you think that, you're not doing it good enough, or you're not good enough, or you can't, you can't be what it is God sees in you, okay? Yeah. You know, I'm telling you, for me, laying there in the, the, the dark of night or the early in the morning, you know, I'm reminded of how weak and insufficient I am at times, and this feeling, it's crippling at times. You know, it, it, can, it can almost feel like it causes my faith to fluctuate, and even my personal motivation just kind of fades away. And it's tough, you know. And this this example of Moses is typical. I mean, at this point in his life, he could only see one day at a time. He only saw where his next meal was coming from, or he could only see where he was going to sleep at that night, how he was going to make sure all of his sheep got taken care of. But so even though God has pro had promised his presence and Moses' success, Moses still asked him again, but what if? What if they don't believe me? What if this happens, Lord? What if this happens? And and isn't that something that we do? Yeah. Don't we ask that a lot? That that's you know two words that I hear at work a, a lot of times. You know, I work in surgery and I hear, well, what if this? Well, what if that? Well, we can't live by what ifs. We have to live on what we know the promises of God are, and what are His promises? His promises are yes and amen, right? Because yeah. He's going to deliver, right? He's He's the big guy. He's going to deliver for. You see, that's the that's the funny thing. That's the paradox of faith. All right, you know we can we can talk about and we can just bask in the promises of God about Christ's return and His reign, um, and about the new heaven and the new earth that are coming. We 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 know all that. We read in Revelation, the last few chapters of Revelation, but then we get hung up in our immediate problems. We get hung up on 
how are we going to pay our light bill? What about the mortgage? What about what about dinner? What are we going to do for dinner? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We have 15 things to do on Saturday. How are we going to get it all done? And we lose sight of you know the, the problems. I mean, we have war happening in, in the world right now. I mean, there's famine, there's disease, there's plagues, there's weapons of mass destructions, and all that does is blur the vision of the ultimate reign and the rule of God and the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace. Many, so many times that our theology about the works of God crumbles when we say "what if," because we we allow we allow doubt to creep in. But see, just like he was to Moses, God is gracious. He offers us grace to each and every one of us. And he said, he told Moses, he said, all right, I'll deal with the what ifs. What do you have in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. You see, the staff was just a rod. It was like a walking stick. It was about six feet tall. Um, and and it, was, it was a walking pole. That's basically what it was. It was a walking stick. We have walking sticks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he leaned on that staff to get a little rest. He used it as a weapon to defend his flock. He used it for a lot of different things when he was shepherding. But the rod was more than that, more than just a tool, okay? It was also a symbol of his power and authority, a sign of a person's tribe and their identity. You see, in fact, the word rod in the Old Testament means tribe in over 250 different references. Every tribe, every one of those tribes had a rod, okay? And this was the symbol of their of that tribe, okay? It was, it was the symbol of authority of the leader of that tribe. So God told Moses, like we read earlier, throw it down. So Moses obeyed, and it instantly became a snake. It was a miracle of God and a demonstration of his power of what he could do. He could do anything. I mean, we've seen that. God can do anything, can he? See, you have a rod in your hand and a ruling authority in your life. Are you going to keep your hand grasped tightly on it, ruling, trying to rule your own life? Yeah. Or will you throw it down in faith? Will you let God rule and guide you? What are you going to do? I would let God rule and guide me. That's right. Because you know why? If we try to do it ourselves, I promise you, because I've done it so many times, I've screwed up so many times, that I'm going to get it wrong. Okay? You're going to get it wrong. And that's okay. And even you guys listening, you're going to get it wrong too. But you know what? It's okay to get it wrong sometimes because that's when we know that we can go back to God and we say, Dad, I jacked it up. I need your help. Can you forgive me and can you help guide me in the right path? You know, maybe, maybe you're a a, a a a cultural Christian. You haven't become a believer by conviction and conversion and repented of your failure and sins. Maybe you haven't asked God to forgive you and come into your life. I mean, do you need? Uh, are you at the point in your life where you need to do that? If you are, you're you're making a step in the right direction. You're allowing God to step into your life and be that life-changing force. You see, so often we we try to rely on ourselves. And, and you know, I, I'd like to think that at times I'm a pretty smart guy. You know, I like to think I have pretty smart kids. And, you know, Pastor Mel's a pretty smart lady too. I mean, she do, does have two master's degrees. I mean, she's pretty smart. But regardless of how many smarts we have, we still can never fully know the plans of God. We can never know fully the plans that he has for us and what our next steps are going to be. You know, he's seen everything. He knows us. It tells us in the Bible that he he's known us even in our mother's room, womb before we were even created. He knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how much he cares about the details 
of your life. And he wants to be a part of you. He wants to see you succeed. He's just like that proud father um, on the lacrosse field. He's that proud dad at the wrestling matches. He's that proud dad at soccer tournaments. He's that proud dad at your chorus concerts, at your gymnastics meets. He's your proud dad all the time where he's there to cheer you on and keep you lifted up. You know, so we're going to ask the what ifs, right? We're going to ask, but God, what if? We can ask it, but don't get stuck on it. Don't get stuck on asking, but God, what if I don't do this? Or God, what if this happens? Just know that God has the what ifs canceled, all right? He'll take care of it. He'll watch over it. He has it all covered. He's going to make sure you're in a good place. So long as you trust him, you believe in him, and you, you give it all to him with everything in your being, you let him know that you're his kid, right? Yeah. You got to let him know. All right? So I hope this message today has uplifted you. Just know that, you know, we're going to ask the what ifs. But just know God has it covered. Just like he did thousands of years ago for Moses, he's got it covered again for us today. All right? Mary, do you want to pray and take us out today? Sure. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, that thank you for this podcast that we've been doing in the ministry that has been growing and growing in your faith. That all of us will just be heavenly mighty like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. We're praying for you. And we hope to see you out there next Sunday. Um, if not, we'll catch you on a new podcast soon. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye.